Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome in, everybody, to another edition of the Big Ten Show. He's the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn. And what a week, what a week if you're a fan of softball as the NCAA tournament continues on. We'll get to that with one team left from the Big Ten, plus plenty to chat about still within football. And we're going to be joined today by Mitch Sherman of The Athletic. He covers the Nebraska Cornhuskers, a team that Adam had a couple of tackles on back in his day, uh, you know, racked up a few stats during his time with Nebraska. So I'm sure we'll have a great discussion today. But uh, Adam, you are looking less red today. It looks like your wife instructed you to put on the sunscreen and you listen. Uh, well, no, I didn't put on the sunscreen. I think it's just had a week to not be so horrifically, horribly noticeable. So you don't maybe, wear sunscreen? Not unless I have to. I don't know. I just, I really try not. I have no, it, there's no logical reason. I, I'm lazy. And so anyways, uh, it's not as bad as it was. Maybe my wonderfully beautiful haircut's making a difference. What do you, do you just tell them to shave the whole, like, is it a one on the sides or who, who cuts your oh, hair? I'll tell you exactly what it is. Finger length on top, two on the sides, blend the back. Boom, okay. There you go. Now you know how to okay. cut my hair, Jeff. Um, for future reference, that's that's the case, huh? That's exactly right. what I tell him. Yeah. And my son didn't want to get his haircut for the first time ever. He had a classmate. Okay, Christian. I won't say his last word, but Christian had hair down to here. I've coached this kid since fourth grade. Okay. It looked awful. Okay. It just did. Jacob okay. made fun of him for months. Christian, if you're watching this, Jacob made fun of you for months. Christian will okay. watch this. That's okay. Okay. Uh, but uh, now all of a sudden, Jacob's like, I don't want to cut my hair. And I'm like, whoa, are we going for the Christian look? He's like, no, I just, I like it long. So we just had him trim it up a little bit. But I guess we're going to experiment with a little longer hair for him, I guess. So do you have any, like, this is totally off topic, but I think people watching can relate to this with kids. Like, is there, is, is there a directive you give them with their, like, my, my kids have always been sort of a little bit shaggier, that hockey look every once in a while. Like, they don't, they, they've never had it as short on the sides as you do right now. Do your kids also not comb your hair? Is that is that something you taught them? <laughs> this stuff's called Dude, fiber. it's been sitting there for like two months. We've been doing this show, and I've held my tongue, man. Listen, okay, this stuff's <laughs> called crew fiber, and whatever's left on the top, I mess it up. So it sort of it sort of goes away from all the bald spots that are happening, okay? Dude, Leave okay. my hair alone, all right? We're think, talking about your hair. I don't think I've ever seen you speechless before. That was the first. Like, you didn't oh, know what to say, God, man. Has that man. ever happened? <laughs> yes, it's, uh, it go, it's going the other way, man. The fa- I mean, it's just, oh, God, there's not here's much left. Here's what I'll tell you. Oh, man, it's farther back. See, the haircut, so I got a cowlick right here, so it's misleading. <laughs> okay, but it is receding a little bit. It's back here that I don't like. That's when me. I, when I go, the, what oh, is that? Man. Oh, what is that? I don't know, oh. man. That's the depressing. If you're not That's- watching this on YouTube, you're missing out on uh, bald men, middle-aged guys <laughs> talking about their ball spots. No, well, you know what? You probably lost some hair watching the Huskers over the years. And joining oh, us now from the probably. Athletic is Mitch Sherman covering the Nebraska Cornhuskers, and he knows darn well how much hair has been lost by Husker fans as they have lost too many games over the last handful of years. Mitch Sherman joining Adam Carricker and myself, Jeff Turn here on the Big Ten Show. Mitch, welcome in, man. How you doing today, bud? What's up, guys? If, if you brought me in to talk about hair, then I'm the wrong person. But uh, I can talk. <laughs> Dude, about I thought you were the expert. That's that's the only reason we brought you in today was to talk about yeah, hair with you. I mean, you know, it's a little bit of a miscalculation on your part, as you can probably see. Yeah, man, <laughs> it's beautiful. You look beautiful. None no of us look like out. Trevor Lawrence. Okay, none of us look like Trevor oh, Lawrence. That <laughs> that's is not what I'm sure. going. That's not what I'm going for here. 
All right, Mitch. So we want to we want to go a bunch of different directions with Nebraska, but I just want you to sort of put a holistic view on this. Scott Frost exits stage right. Matt Rule comes in. From the time Matt Rule has come in to this point, as we sit here in the off season, how would you categorize and put some context around what the Matt Rule era looks like early on? Um, I'd say uh, a lot of transparency, um, a lot of strong communication. I think people understand where they, where they stand in this program, whether you're a coach who works under him, whether you're a player in this program, he goes to great lengths to make sure that there is not uh, a misunderstanding about uh, what the responsibilities and expectations are for the players in his program. You know, what, what he believes players are capable of doing um you know he doesn't want there to uh to be dysfunction and i think anybody who's in matt rules orbit um you know whether you're inside the program or outside the program you know that in these first six months has been fairly easy to decipher and you know not difficult to see now you know there's a lot to be determined i mean uh, we're, we're as i said six months in and you can make a lot of um evaluations but the important stuff hasn't even started. So, you know, they've not even gotten to a preseason camp. So there's a lot of good signs, um, but, you know, that was expected. You know, that's, that's, that, that's who Matt Rule is. You know, he's a guy who wins over uh, locker rooms and fan bases with the, the kind of culture that he's built at his other two stops in college. And, you know, let's see starting this fall if, if he can take that, that next step with Nebraska and, and build some of the success in Lincoln that he had at Temple and Baylor. I agree. The man definitely, he can definitely talk. Okay. Preacher's son. I definitely mm-hmm. talk from the microphone, knows how to communicate, knows how to, he understands PR, public relations, something he's mm-hmm. very, very good at. That's pretty obvious. And as you said, he's, he's used it as a weapon in a positive way mm-hmm. in his previous stops. I was actually asked this question about an hour ago. I did a show on 93.7 The Ticket. I was asked this question by a fan, so I'm going to forward it on to you, Mr. Sherman. All right, on a scale of 1 to 10 so far, how would you grade? And this is on the heels of Dylan Ryle going to Georgia. But then Daniel Kalen, the top quarterback state of Nebraska, decommits from Missouri, mm-hmm. comes and commits to Nebraska. On the heels of all that, but in totality, since Coach Rule was hired, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being low, 10 being high, how would you grade his recruiting so far early on? Well, I mean, you have to look really hard at the 2023 class because that's where he did the majority of his work so far in, in recruiting. And, you know, the position group that I look at, and this is near and dear to your heart, Adam, is, is defensive line. Um, Nebraska had a deficiency on the defensive line in part because of players who left early for a shot at the NFL, in the case of Garrett Nelson or O'Shawn Mathis, um, and then you know, players who gave up the game, like a Colton Feast, who was an important piece for Nebraska last season. And then you have had some transfers, like Stephon Wynn, after spring practice. So, And you've had some injuries, like Ty Robinson, who, who Nebraska coaches have yet to, to see on the field. So all of that said, they've got big-time needs at defensive line. And you know, Nebraska was already perhaps a little bit behind where it needed to be to compete at the level – that Matt Rule ha- expects in the Big Ten. You know, this year, the Big Ten West. Next year, there's not going to be divisions. It's going to be a different um, kind of setup. You know, he's building for the future. But, you know, the immediate the immediate need is just to be able to compete in the Big Ten West, go toe-to-toe with Minnesota and Iowa 
in Wisconsin and Purdue and Northwestern and Illinois, all of those teams, you know, Northwestern had a down year last year, but all of those teams build from the inside out. So when I look at what he's doing in recruiting, you know, I look first at what he did with that 2023 class. They had one commitment from a defensive lineman on December 1st when Matt Rule got to work in recruiting. They ended up with eight um, that they signed either at a high school or the junior college level or in the case of MJ Sherman um, as a transfer from from the University of Georgia. And then you add in a couple of guys who don't technically play D-line in um, in Maverick Noonan. Um, I'm sorry, MJ Sherman is, 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 one of, is one of those guys, too, who plays more of like the jack position or the outside linebacker spot, creeps up, can be part of a four-man front in this 3-3-5 this three, three, look that Tony White has. But I'm not even counting Noonan and Sherman among the eight defensive linemen that they, that they signed. Um, as newcomers for this 2023 class. So what he's done is he addressed a huge need right there. Um, and that's, you know, I give him, I mean, I give him like an A for probably for what they did in addressing that need on the defensive line. I mean, look at what, what happened in the spring game with true freshmen stepping into starting positions and, you know, guys that they recruited just two, three months before and looking the part. So we'll see. I mean, it's, it's premature to, to give a grade when they haven't played a game. But it looks really good right now in the way that they address those needs. And then on the 24 class, um, you know, they're, they're swinging big. You know, they're going after these four- and five-star kids. They didn't get it with Dylan Rayola. Um, they didn't get it with some of the other guys they brought in, in in March on unofficial visits. But, you know, you've got to swing for the fences. You've got to try to go after the best players. And when, the, when they win games, um, assuming that they do, you know, it's going to be easier to recruit those players. The important thing is that when they missed on a guy like Dylan Rayola, they had a backup plan. You know, they kept a relationship with Danny Kalen at Bellevue West, which is important to do with an in-state kid. And it materialized um, into a commitment almost immediately after the uh, the Rayola pledge to Georgia. That's Mitch Sherman from The Athletic, theathletic.com. It's out of character. I'm Jeff Turner on the Big Ten Show here on the Believe Podcast Network, also iTunes, YouTube, and Spotify. Make sure you like, subscribe, do the whole nine yards, be a part of the show each and every week. Mitch, and I wanted to kind of build off of what Adam was talking about with recruiting and how that how that sort of sets up the expectations. When you're swinging big, like you said, it shows there's a commitment to get back to excellence. You know, if, if you're sort of feeling like, oh, this is where we're at, you know, let's keep the bar low until we have success. I don't think that energizes a fan base. So in the state of Nebraska, in Omaha, in Lincoln, how jazzed up are the fans about what the future can be with Matt Rule, but specifically right now? Like, how excited are they about Husker football? We know they show up, but sometimes they've been pissed off when they show up lately. Yeah. How excited are they right now about Husker football? Well, you know, unfortunately, at Nebraska, fans have had a lot of experience in going through these coaching changes and um, the transition periods, and it's 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 not unusual to have a lot of energy at the beginning. Um, coaches, these coaches who get hired for these positions, you know, even the ones who don't end up being successful, you know, they're pretty good at getting people fired up, getting recruits yeah. fired up, getting fans fired up when they, when they come into a job. That's probably one of the easiest things that head coaches have to do, especially at a place like Nebraska where people want it, where, you know, where they want to believe they want to have reasons to be optimistic. And, and that's, you know, Matt rules very good at that. Um, as we discussed earlier, and, th- and that's what we're seeing right now. So there is a lot of excitement. You know, I, I think there was, a, there was a lot of excitement around what was happening in recruiting early in the spring. You know, you could say a touch of disappointment that Nebraska didn't um, get Dylan Rayola, that Nebraska didn't, um, you know, get a guy like Brandon Baker or, or hasn't yet. He's not, he's not committed, but, a, you know, five-star offensive tackle out of California. But, um, 
you know, I, I, don't, I don't think it's, it's not like throwing water on, on the excitement that, that, that people have felt. It's a small little dip in the ebb and flow of what the off season is. But by and large, um, there's been a lot of positive energy and positive momentum since really day one with Matt Rule when he got up at the podium with, with Trev Alberts and, and the two of them just appeared to be such a great fit in the way that they think and that they talk, they talk and, and communicate and, and just express their, um, their vision for what Nebraska can be. Um, you know, it's important. It's not the, the end all be all, but I think it's important for the administration to be on the same page with the head coach. It just makes things easier um, to, it makes it easier to get things accomplished. Um, and, and these two definitely, you know, they do have that kind of, that kind of vibe, that, that connection. And it's, you know, it's why, Trev went so hard after Matt Rule. It's why when, when in November, it, the easy thing to do would have been to move on to the next candidate because there were some obstacles in the way of getting him hired. That that Trev Alberts said, "No, it's this this it's this important. I feel this strongly about this this candidate that you know we're going to find a way to make this work." And and they they dug in and they and they did. So you know, I think that matters in the. Um, you know, in the bigger picture, it matters when when maybe they're going through some tough times, which then there will be tough times at some point uh, as an administration and as a football program that, that they have already had that experience of, of getting through that together. And, you know, the fans can feel that the fans can, can see that they're smart and they, they, they understand how this dynamic works. And, and it, it's led to, I think, a lot of optimism um, as they, uh, you know, get closer and closer to uh, the summertime and, and uh, the start of real football. All right, let's talk about the wide bodies, the big uglies up front. You got the offensive line. Unit did not play well last year. Matt Rule has come to their defense multiple times throughout this offseason. I don't agree with what he's saying, but I don't know what else you expect him to say. He's not going to come in and just bash him. That'd be ridiculous. Brought back offensive line coach Donovan Raiola. Surprised many people, including myself. Again, one of my former teammates, a dude I love, an engaging individual, someone that the players love playing for. Now, you've got Bryce Benhart coming back. Again, experienced guy, highly touted guy. Same thing with Corcoran. Okay. Uh, you've got Prohaska coming off an injury, coming back. Nunee Nuwili coming back. Okay. You got the transfer up front center at center from Arizona State who looked good in the spring game. Now, maybe that's good on him, bad on the D line, which you addressed earlier. My question is this offensive line has to be better. Okay. Just has to yeah. be. My yeah. question is how much better? Mildly better, marginally better, significantly better. And I know it's a guesstimation, but what are your thoughts at this early point? I think there's a chance for it to be significantly better. I'd start one with the, you know, we talked a minute ago about the um, kind of the synergy that exists between the administration and the coaching staff. I think even within the coaching staff, there's, there's a better chemistry. And last year just wasn't a good situation for, for the offensive line, you know, in so many different ways. And part of it was, I think the message that, that Donovan Rayola was getting from his superiors. You know, he was answering to Mark Whipple as the offensive coordinator. At one time, he was answering to Scott Frost as the head coach. That ended after three games. Then he was answering to Mickey Joseph as the head coach. You know, what was he supposed to do as an offensive line coach when he had so many voices that, in some cases, were, were giving him different messages? You know, what kind of an offense did they want to be? How were they supposed to block for this quarterback or this running back? There just wasn't a whole lot of, um, you know, chemistry. I don't feel like they were ever really entirely all on the same page about how the offensive line was supposed to play, what their objective was, what kind of a team, an offensive scheme they wanted to be, what was the identity of that offense. You know, so much of that has to do with the offensive line. It's five of the 11 starters. If they're not on the on the same page with 
with how the offensive system is supposed to work, then, you know, it's going to look a lot like it did out there um, oftentimes in, in 2022. So they've cleared that hurdle. I think Matt Rule and Donovan Raiola and Marcus Satterfield is the OC are on the same page. And they were from, from just about day one with what they want this offense to be. That's a big step. And then you start to look at the personnel. Um, and this is why I think there can be, you know, if not just marge, certainly marginal, but probably significant um, in terms of the improvement. You didn't have Teddy Prohaska um, last year after the beginning of the season. He was hurt. You didn't have Nuri Nuili. Um, he was suspended last year, probably your top guard. Prohaska, probably your top tackle. You didn't have Ben Scott, who you mentioned, Adam, the transfer center from Arizona State, certainly your top center. I mean, if, if, if he's hurt, you got a serious issue because there's not a capable, experienced center um, or I should just say capable. I'm sorry, I should just say experience. We don't know about the capabilities yet of guys that we haven't seen play. So there's not an experienced center um, behind Ben Scott. Um, and, and then the, the, the fact that you have those three, it allows you to play some of the others at positions where they feel more comfortable. You know, maybe Turner Corcoran can play guard, where I think he feels more comfortable than he does playing tackle. Bryce Benhart, by all accounts, from what people have said inside the program this offseason, He's a guy who has made improvements this year. You know, he's been maligned for his play through all, almost all of his time at Nebraska. And, you know, the, the, the reality is um, if Bryce Benhart were to go into the transfer portal, he would have 20 Power 5 offers right now just because of his size and the potential that he has in the, in the difficulty of finding a big physical offensive tackle who has the potential to start in a place in a place like the Big Ten, so you should be Nebraska fans should be very happy that they have Bryce Benhart back this year, despite some of the things they've said and seen over the past couple of years. It's you know I don't look at this group and say okay, there's an All Big Ten guy, you know there's a second team All Big Ten guy, you know there's a slam dunk first or second round NFL draft pick. It's not that kind of an offensive line yet, but I do see capable pieces, and I don't think they're done. Um, First, they've got some young guys coming in who are probably going to be able to help with depth where they are lacking coming out of the spring. And second, if there's anywhere they're going to go in the transfer portal this summer, you know, right now, there's a guy on campus right now who is an offensive lineman that they're looking at from another Power 5 program this week. So they're not done. Um, and I, I think that if they can find somebody who can – another tackle who can help you out with some depth, maybe another guard, I think tackles the priority, then it really can be a position group that is among the most improved on the entire roster. Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. I'm going to let you sneak one more in, Adam, yeah, and go then ahead. I got a prediction time for Mitch. So go ahead, man. Okay. So my question, because I'm with you, I've been saying for years, Bryce Benhart is a big body, doesn't move as well as we might like. You said big potential, big upside, a lot of experience. Okay, younger guy still, people forget that. I've always said he should be moved to guard. Okay, he had to be out of tackle because we had to have somebody there, well, and he was the best option. But you mentioned Turner Corcoran at guard. So if you had to choose one at guard, one at tackle, would you go Ben Hart guard, Corcoran tackle, or vice versa? If you had to choose between those two as the other two starters, um, along with the other three that you mentioned earlier yeah. with Nureli, Prohaska, and Scott. Yeah, well, I think from what I've seen of those guys this year, um, and, I, you know, I'm not – going to sit here and say that I can diagnose everything about 
offensive line play. And, and even if I could, I wouldn't know exactly what these coaches are looking for in this system. But I, I think with that disclaimer that Ben Hart is the guy, if you're looking at those two and you've got one guard position and one tackle position to fill, you know, I think Ben Hart is the guy who plays tackle. Now, if they go to the portal and they find somebody who can step in and start a tackle and that frees you up to allow Ben Hart to play guard, or maybe Ben Hart could be a swing tackle, Right now, the guy in the swing tackle spot is probably Gunnar Gatula, who's a true freshman that came in out of Lincoln Southeast last year and, and you know, did well um, this, this spring, came in this spring and did well in, in the spring. But, I mean, playing a true freshman on the offensive line in the Big Ten is, is, is a rip. <laughs> yeah. So if you can find a transfer who can step in and start at tackle and you allow Ben Hart to either move inside or have him as your swing tackle and provide depth um, – then that's a a good situation. Corcoran, I think, is just a, is just better suited to play really anywhere on the offensive line than tackle. I mean, they've talked about him even as an emergency center, or maybe if they hadn't recruited Ben Scott out of the portal, they might have tried to turn Turner Corcoran into a center. Fortunately, they don't have to do that because they've got a center. But um, I think Corcoran can be a fit at, at guard, and they've tried in the past to put him there, but had to move him back outside to tackle because there were injuries. Um, both of the last two seasons to, to Prohaska. All right, hey, Adam, real quick. Real, no, I got a question for you, Adam. You just mentioned Go ahead. in the Big Ten, true freshman playing tackle can be rough. Like, how big of eyes do you get when you see the depth chart as a defensive lineman and you see true freshmen sitting there as fresh meat when you were playing college football? So, first of all, you heard it here. Mitch Sherman predicts that Bryce Benhart is first team all Big Ten before the season. Okay, we're going to hold him to that. You heard it right here. All right. Yeah. Now, I, I can actually answer that question with guys who are top ten draft picks. Trent Williams at Oklahoma. Okay. Uh, my eyes were huge. And he, he's obviously maybe go down as a Hall of Famer one day in the NFL. Top pick with the skins when I was there. I ran him over as a true freshman. And when the first thing he did when he walked in the locker room with the skins, I brought that up to him. And he goes, yeah, I remember. Okay, Russell Okung was another one. when He was drafted by the Seahawks. He played as a true freshman, okay, at Oklahoma State. I, I didn't run him over, but I, my eyes were very wide before the game. So it's definitely a challenge to play a young guy in a Power 5 conference for sure. All right, Mitch Sherman with us from The Athletic. Uh, six and a half wins is the over-under total that Vegas has for Nebraska this year, plus 2,500, 25 to 1 odds to win the Big Ten. Uh, six and a half wins. Are you taking the over or are you taking the under? Yeah, I mean, it can't be a push at six and a half. That's right, um, baby. I, you know, I think that's a pretty good number. I think that I think you know when you look at what you know, I don't know how much time we got, but when you when you, I'll, I'll try to make this quick. I see five wins that are just they they they're going to have to mess it up not to get five wins. I think there's three non-conference wins that um, are, are there for the taking, and I'm including Colorado. I just think Colorado is going to be a mess on September 9th, so early in the season with so much so much uh, change and, and, and turnover. And then I think Purdue with a first year coach and a first year quarterback coming to Lincoln and Northwestern coming to Lincoln um, are games that Nebraska should win every other game on the schedule. They're probably going to be underdogs in, you know, starting with Minnesota in the opener. So is there a way for Nebraska to find two victories out of those seven games that a lot of people are not going to expect them to win? You know, I put Michigan in the category of not being winnable. So there's six you got to find two wins out of those six to get over six and a half. It's a pretty good coaching job if you can do it. 
you know, I'll sit here today and 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 not feel any uh, any guilt if it goes the other direction. Saying yes, Matt Rule is going to be able to find a way to get two wins out of six games that he's not expected to win. But you know that that's um that's it's not as easy as it sounds because there's good coaches around the league and to say okay yeah you're going to beat Kirk Ferentz you know you're going to beat Luke Fickle you're going to beat PJ Fleck you're going to beat Brett Bielema you these are the these are the coaches that you're going against in those games you're going to beat Maryland I mean Maryland people aren't, aren't probably don't know much about it here in 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 Nebraska but they're coming to Lincoln that's not a game that people are going to expect Nebraska to win they're they're supposed to be pretty good um, so find two out of those six and do what you need to do in the five that you're supposed to win. And they'll get to seven. I'll say, I'll say over um, on this day, but it's going to be over by like, you know, the hair on the top of your heads. <laughs> we are the hair experts. I predict yes. Nebraska beats Maryland just because Maryland's awful helmets. I'm going to go with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Adam's taking the helmets and saying it's a disadvantage in this situation. You can read the work at the athletic.com. All things Huskers. Great stuff as always, Mitch. Great to see you. Great to chat again, my friend. Thanks so much for the time. Thanks All right, thanks, us. guys. I appreciate it. Mitch Sherman joining us there from The Athletic. Yeah, I mean, I'm with him. By the hair on the side of Adam's head, they probably can get to seven. <laughs> maybe, maybe. And on the hair of the back of my noggin that's barely around, seven wins. Dude, we, we, we now need a hair sponsor. We're officially the hair experts. It, it's, it's, it's our duty to carry this heavy burden going forward, Jeff. Well, you know what? You bring that up, Adam, and I got to tell you, our good friends at the Man Salon are going to be sponsoring the Big Ten show this year. So how about that, I baby? I did not know that. You, can, no, get, you, awesome. you can get a franchise in the Midwest. That's you can get awesome. your haircut. I got, so I did these commercials for years for them. And, you know, the uh, I think it was Dos Equis where it's like, I, I, I may not drink every day, but when I do, I drink at Dos Equis, whatever it was. So I came up with the tagline for the man salon and the commercials I did locally. I may not get my hair cut every day, but when I do, I go to the man salon. So that's been the like tagline that we will be using, but they will be a part of our Big Ten show, man, all year long. So uh, the man salon, Midwest, out there uh, throughout the, the, the Midwest, down there in Lincoln and Omaha. So uh, uh, you guys can get your fresh dues down there as well. Hey, listen, um, before we move on, quick thoughts on what on what Mitch had to say, a quick summation. You got 30 seconds on some of the things he had to say. Absolutely. As far as going after the big time recruits, kind of like Mitch said, you ain't going to hit a home run unless you're swinging hard. As far as the fans in Nebraska and their excitement level, people want to be excited. People were through the moon with Scott Frost. People got burned. People are very, very cautious and rightfully so to be excited. It's bubbling under the surface. If he starts to do well, it'll burst. If not, people will wait. It's just, it's just right there. Those are kind of my 30 seconds of summation. I agree with you, me. man. I No, I'm, I'm with you. I, I think real quick, 10 seconds. He's spot on, man. Got to try to swing for home runs. Scott Frost did that early, and then it sort of fizzled out late. But if Matt Rule can put together some wins along with that sizzle, it's going to be huge. Otherwise, it falls off like the others before him. Pulling for him, though, because I think Matt Rule's a good guy, and college football's better when Nebraska's good. The Big Ten is better when Nebraska is good. As well. Again, Mitch Sherman from The Athletic. Let's get to some softball here quick. Adam on the Big Ten Show. Adam Carricker, Jeff Turn, Believe.com. Also, iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube. Northwestern captures their second straight NCAA regional title. Doing so, 5-4, taking down Miami of Ohio. They'll head to the Tuscaloosa Super Regional on Friday to take on Alabama with the Cats seeking their second straight Women's College World Series appearance. And... We talked about it last week. There was a handful of teams, four of them in the NCAA tournament. The only one to survive was Northwestern. Now, 
the other part of this, it's kind of like college basketball. If you don't make the NCAA tournament, they also do have an invitational tournament. Just so happens a Big Ten school captured that as well. The University of Iowa scored five runs with two outs in the seventh to beat BYU 9-7, capture the 2023 National Invitational Softball Championship on Saturday afternoon at Red Rocks Field in Fort Collins, Colorado. That's God's country out by you right there, Adam. Dude, it is God's country. It's God's playground. So the NICS, what, what, National N- Invitational Softball Championship, the NIC. What did I say? NISC, my apologies. My apologies. Sincere apologies. The NIT of college softball, congrats to Iowa. They finished with a record this year, 35-27. and 27. Northwestern, as you mentioned, the only Big Ten team still alive. They're going to take on mighty Alabama. I didn't even know they played softball. No disrespect, but it's there. Okay, <laughs> Northwestern is 41-11 and 11 this year. I'm rooting for the Wildcats. Stack of books you, as I used to uh, tell Barry Cofield, who was a Northwestern alum, play with me in D.C. I call the Stack of books you. I say that with love. I was making fun of Barry at the time, and I was very serious. Let's give a shout-out also to Ohio State. Tennis, we cover all sports here, ladies and gentlemen. We are experts in not much, but we talk about a lot of things. Ohio State, yes. the third-ranked team in the country when it came to tennis. Almost won a national championship, fell to Virginia. All right, 4-0, to zero, but it is the Cavaliers' second in a row. Back-to-back national championships for the Cavaliers, and my son, okay, actually loves the University of Virginia. No reason for it. He just likes really? the random thoughts. Okay. All right, well, the NCAA team competition is now done in tennis. Uh, now they have the NCAA singles and doubles championships, which begin today, run through Saturday. The Big Ten has 11 singles players and four doubles teams entered in the championships. So we'll be uh, hoping that they have some success as well. I love me some tennis, Adam, I'll be honest with you. Um, I watch tennis all year long. From like five in the morning till late at night, can't get enough tennis. Uh, I play tennis with my son. It's one of the few games that uh, my old ass can still get around to do. Uh, and so uh, I do like doubles better than singles. A lot less work, and the court you know allows my <laughs> crappy shots to hit the lines a little bit better. But yep. love me some tennis, so I'll be pulling for them as well. If you and I played, if you and how about this? If you pitched to me in softball, I'd be able to get a hit, right? No. If I pitched to you in softball, would you be able to get a hit? I was better in baseball than football in high school, just so you know. Oh, wow. wow. Now, now so I was, was I, but that ain't saying much. <laughs> uh, so the only reason I can actually, I'm can i actually decent at pitching in softball is because I have four girls playing softball, so I've so always... this motion like a thousand yeah. times. What I'm not tennis? a great pitcher. What so I played tennis? tennis once in my life uh, in Jamaica yes. with my wife. I dominated her. So, of course, that means absolutely nothing. I don't know. You'd probably kill me. We need to get we need no to get a pickle. My wife. I need to fly out to Colorado. We need to get a pickleball match going on or something, man. That ping sounds pong. like. Do you play ping, ping pong? pong? Do you play the pong? No. Oh, I do not play the pong, man. Oh, see, that's Did my. Did you guys play a lot of that in the locker rooms? No, it's just less moving, so I like it better. <laughs> <laughs> I like beer pong. Okay, I can <laughs> beat you with some beer pong. Watch out! All right, so another edition of the Big Ten Show has wrapped up. Hopefully, you enjoyed our conversation. With Mitch Sherman, another page has turned here on the Big Ten Show. He's the almost famous Adam Carricker. I'm the much less famous Jeff Turn. Check us out on iTunes, YouTube, Spotify. Make sure you like, subscribe. You'll get all our content. Thanks for hanging out on the show today, man. Happy Memorial Day to all of you out there hey, as well on. until we reconvene next hold week. On. Fire away. Go ahead. Hold on. I got one more potential motto for the show because I'm almost famous. You're less famous. Yada, yada. What yeah. about the guys who talk about – hold on, hold on. What I was going to say, experts on nothing but talk about everything. What do you think about that? Sounds like it just came my, to me. Sounds like what my wife thinks every time I talk. <laughs> Be well, buddy. We'll talk next week.